Andreas Nylander from Denmark. Invincible is the feature film. Really interesting film. Um, obviously, you got f- fantastical kind of. So, where did this kind of inspiration come for you? I think it's interesting because um, when you look at at the TV shows and and films, really, really, you know, making a buzz these days. Obviously, you had Game of Thrones a few years back. Now that yeah. really read it well, and then uh, The Witcher came in the first season. Less interesting. The second season, very, very, very good. Uh, you can definitely see that that there was a lot of money put into the second season. Um, the thing is, I think there is there's there's a gap in the market when it comes to to these kind of shows and and films. Uh, because I, I stand corrected you it's a it's it read like a feature film but it's really you want this is at the pilot right you kind it's of a want, pilot yeah it's you a want pilot. to make it into a, a, a show i guess right yeah 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 the the idea is is a three season uh tv show three season arc tv show that's sort of the yes. way to think to do things these days right yeah well i mean it's obviously anything that's fantasy or sci-fi is obviously something with quite the budget, which means that it's very difficult for an indie filmmaker to get that through anyway, right? Yeah. Well, this one, this is a spec. This is like a, this is a huge budget film, right? So uh, a TV show. So the prince is the, is the, is the main character of the script, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is Prince, Prince Arthur's. Yeah. So what is he, who is he based on? Is he based on anybody? Uh, it's, it's based on a story actually that, that I, um, I really liked to to experience when I was a kid. Uh, growing up, it was it was it was difficult uh, to not be just a soccer boy, uh, a football boy. Uh, I was more into stories. I, I started reading Harry Potter in third grade, uh, which was very unusual, um, and and it was it was it was odd. I was odd for for having this kind of interest, interest in movies, interest in in story in storytelling um so so i sought refuge in 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 a in a game uh, that this is loosely based on okay gotcha and it, and so you got wizards in there as well so what like what this is just a, some sort of like uh, alternative world that this is in yeah yeah it, it, it's it's his own universe absolutely his own universe um and and the reason that i want this, because if if you if you peel back all the layers, this is this is the story of 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 a young man. Uh, a lot of is expected of this man because he is the crown prince. There's a lot of, of, of expectations, a lot of, of burdens, a lot of requirements for yeah. how he is supposed to proceed, and and trying to to live up to these expectations that others have on behalf of you. And while also trying to 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 find your own path in life, uh, is is something I've, I feel a lot of people can relate to. But I felt like that story had been told in 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 a traditional wrapping already, and I felt like it needed it needed a, a different a different wrapping uh, that that made the story more interesting and 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 allowed people such as myself and others to relate to it because it's become more. Uh, okay to like fantasy and sci-fi yeah of course yeah it's it's the it's the, it seems to be the, the the thing these days right but i want to go yeah. back to uh to to this kind of situation where even in your world where 
someone is appointed a leadership position because of their the genetics or their family. They're not like, there's no skill set involved for them to be the, the prince is like, they're like, he, he's not like appointed by the, by the, the, his people. He's just, he's just, he just appointed a position because of his family status, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was born into this. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that he is the, the the best candidate for it, or that this is what he wants, right? Yeah, dude, well, generally you're not, right? So it's kind of like a backward system that that that's in play. Like it doesn't really exist as much anymore, I guess, right? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, obviously in Denmark we have we have uh, a royal house. Um, so what what takes place in the royal house in Denmark? I mean, at this point, it's 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 mostly ceremonial traditions and then a lot of tourism connected to it right because the royal house is 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 very well connected and is very present uh, especially uh, when it comes to sport events uh in denmark our our crown prince is is very active in in, in all sorts of sport and and uh, his children are as well um so so we, we see them a lot and they're very down to earth which is which is very nice but they, but the taxpayers pay for their, their, yes. their ex- exuberance, I guess, right? Yes, yes, they do. And do people have we, issue we with do. that in Denmark? No, uh, I mean it's it's obviously there are some parties that have been discussing that that it's 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 wrong, but it's it's so embedded in our history, it's so embedded in mm-hmm. our culture, and it's such a big part because they serve as as ambassadors and and as as spokesmen and women are for so many organizations and and in general for our country when it comes to the rest of europe and the world right so they work hard i guess what you're saying yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> it's hard to tell but i mean they're very present which uh, which uh, i think is positive i'm i'm a man of tradition i like i like tradition uh, and i like my country um and i think they they represent it very well okay so because it's it's interesting because it's like in canada in canada this is like a foreign thing i guess right especially united states and canada it's like a, this this royalty is uh fascination is, is is foreign to us i guess right absolutely yeah absolutely and so it's, it's, it's funny because one of the things that i really envy uh is is you know the the to be pr- proud of your nation to be to be proud of being danish is not something uh, we do a lot actually it's it's we have we have this thing uh it, it's sort of a mentality in in scandinavia called the law of yante you can google it trust me and uh, it's it's sort of a mentality uh that's the rough rough side of it is that he, you're not supposed to think you are anything above or below anyone else. You, we're all equal. It's you a good don't way get to be. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it takes it to the extreme that you don't think you're anything. Oh, gotcha. So it kind of balances itself itself out, right? So you're not everything. Yeah. But you're not. You're also not anything at the same time. Yes, exactly. Don't think you're anything. You're just here. Don't don't <laughs> think you're good at anything. Don't think you can be anything. Just stick to yourself. Don't be proud. Don't anything. Does so it's country, sort of extreme. Doesn't your country get a little bit uh, overshadowed by the other Scandinavian countries, like Norway and Sweden? Sometimes Sweden? you'd think so. Yeah, sometimes uh, you would think so. Definitely. Uh, one thing we're very good at is handball, which I know the Americans don't really do. 
uh, a lot about handball is definitely something where we uh, we get to shine a lot and and when we have the championships that's when we you know are allowed it's allowed to to wave our flag and be proud of being danish and and that's something i really envy i wish it it, it was you know more common and more common acceptable to be proud of waving your flag and to be danish okay so but is there like this is your culture kind of mixed into the script at all like that's sort of where i'm coming at is like it seems like you got a prince you got a, a plague which we just had <laughs> right yeah and so like did this this idea come during covid or did it come before that the funny, the funny thing is I've, I've been writing uh i've been writing this project for seven uh, over seven years in, in the making right so so the plague and all that is way before covid uh it is loosely based on, on a video game i played when i was a kid uh so it, it's 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 way before then uh so it has nothing to do with covid yeah but that's what that's but, what people are going to like assume right because of like the when they, when covid happened we were like damn they took my idea <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope it's it's people won't make too many assumptions about COVID and whatnot. But but in terms of 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 the my national identity and and how I I I, I view uh, you Denmark, I have I have some hints. Obviously, I have some strong opinions about about society and whatnot, and and I like to to put in some Easter eggs here and there. Gotcha. <clears throat> gotcha. Gotcha. So then, so how much of it, have you just read the, have you just written the pilot? Are you like, are you done outlines for the rest of the episodes? Like what's, what's your progress so far? I've, I've, I've written three episodes of the first season and I have completed the, uh, the full arc and the Bible of the first season. And then I have the, uh, the rough idea for season two and three. I know what I want season two and three to start and end with. Gotcha. And so, and so what else, like, like you said, you've been working on this, this script for like 70 years. Like, what do you do? You, are you written other scripts in the meantime? Like you, you're working yeah. a job, like what's, 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 what's filling your time? Yeah. Uh, I, I actually work at a school because I need to make ends meet. Right. Sure. So I, I, I teach at a school. Um, sometimes I also, uh, I also teach drama and writing. Um oh. And then what do you teach uh, in school? I, what do you teach? Like you like go to like a, a day school, like a grade school? Uh, yeah. What would you call that in, in American? I mean, in, in in Denmark we call it the it would be ground school. Uh, it's it's the age of of yeah. What are they? Six <laughs> to sixteen. Okay, so yeah, it's it's grade school. Yeah, so basically like it's like grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mainly do the uh, I teach the. Uh, Seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. Oh man, that's when everybody's in puberty. That's tough. No, no, that's the easiest. Is it? They have two things in their minds: boobs and dicks. That's it. Boom. <laughs> that's, that's somewhat relatable. I, I can I can juggle that. I can make that work. And then, you know, put in some some Danish or some literature or some mathematics in there in between it should work just fine. But isn't there like drama going on with all the students in terms of like popularity and and like absolutely like, yeah. absolutely i mean i'm horrified looking at, at how <laughs> how uh young culture is deteriorating based on, on on how addicted they are to social media and whatnot 
And there, is everybody, do you have a policy with people's phones in class? Oh my God, don't, don't mention. Yes, we do. God, yes, we have to collect them every morning and then lock them up somewhere. There's always someone just dropping off their iPhone cover or, you know, they have a secondary phone or they brought their daddy's old Nokia or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's horrible. You won't but even let them have it for lunchtime? You have to, like, lock them all away? Yes, we do. That's actually a good thing, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it forces them to be a bit more social, which is something I feel a lot of young people struggle with. And, and at the same time, we have started showing that, that uh, young people in Denmark spend more and more time on social media, uh, but more and more of them also suffer from anxiety, stress, depression. Uh, no studies uh, have made a link or connection between those two studies, but you can't help but wonder, right? When you unlock the box at the end of the day, are they like animals, like looking for their like yes. all day, like who basically yes. are starving? Absolutely. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, it seems like you got a lot to work on in terms of like uh, in terms of inspiration and creativity, I guess, right? A lot comes from that, uh, but I, I do I do a lot of, uh, of freelance film work next to it. A lot of uh, first assistant directing, uh, and co-writing and writing. I have I have two other international projects going on right now. And then I've done a lot of of national work as well. Well, well, congratulations on this script. It's pretty great, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like what comes out of it. I hope it I hope it serves you well. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very excited, very excited. Invincible. As a mysterious plague spreads across the kingdom of Lordarion, the prince, burdened by the guilt of his past and the weight of the crown, must rise to save his people from a sinister force sent to test him. Exterior, North Rend. Day. Future. A violent, blinding blizzard is all we see. It roars and rages all around us. It is dark. It is almost impossible to see through the constant hail of snow and ice, like bullets directed at us. Invincible by Russell Brower and Jason Hayes plays. In an instant, like a curtain drawn, the blizzard breaks off and the weather calms immediately. Snow is whirling frantically in the storm's aftermath, slowly descending upon. A barren, frozen wasteland stretches miles ahead. The flatness is overwhelming. A seemingly empty and endless landscape apart from... My son. On the horizon... Towering ominously above the wasteland, a massive spire of pure ice and snow, large chains fastening the spire to the ground. Rays of sunlight penetrate the clouds, lighting up the crystal white snow. The scenery is almost idyllic, serene, peaceful. Exterior, Lordarian Forest, day, past. The treetops are dancing in the fresh morning wind. On the horizon, the spires of Lodarian Keep are peeking over the treetops. The day you were born. We are approaching the keep with great haste, soaring above the treetops like we are the wind itself. 
Exterior, Capital City Keep, Ramparts, Continued. A roped figure, 60, appears on the steps leading up to a pleatuia. His shoes are not made for this kind of hasty treading. He is panting. The herald is coming through. Two soldiers, standing watch, salute. Their armor clatter. The robed figure, the herald, continues up a staircase leading up to the keep bell tower. Exterior, courtyard, continued. The clashing of steel echoes across the courtyard. Men and women are sparring with one another. Swords and shields, mallets and hammers, flails and maces. Each and every one of them is swinging at, or fending off, their opponent. Disciplined, young, aspiring soldiers. The very forests of Lordarian whispered the name. A group of four are overseeing the training. They're dressed in shinier clothes, silver, gold brims. Their tabards bear the mark of silver hand. A tall, strong, stern man, younger Uther, thirty, is overseeing the training. His arms folded behind his back as he paces back and forth. The bell tolls. He glances over his shoulder in the direction of the bell tower. Interior, cathedral, day, past. The floor is made of marble, but on this day, you can barely see it. The cathedral is filled to the brim with noblemen and women here to pay respect to the new prince. A group of priests surround the altar, but they are not the center of attention on this occasion. In a formal attire, wearing a golden crown, a younger King Terranus, 31, stands proud. His wife, Queen Leanne, 30, by his side. Light seeps through stained glass windows, creating a divine aura around Terranus's silhouette. Arthas. In his arms, wrapped in an elegantly woven blanket in deep royal blue, a newborn baby with short, fuzzy, golden hair. Exterior, barracks, day, past. The sparing grounds have been cleared. A young Arthas, 14, is fending off a blow from his opponent, a young man, 15. Muradin, 45, a legendary dwarven warrior, is watching closely, shouting techniques and instructions from underneath his strong red beard at the two young men fighting. My child? Arthas is wielding a sword too heavy for one hand. He's panting, sweat running into his eyes. I watched you with pride as you grew into a weapon. He wipes his brow and lunges at his opponent. His opponent is agile and dodges with ease, and Arthas's sword slices through the air. Arthas loses his footing and falls headfirst into the dirt. Muradin sighs. Arthas's opponent is looking to Muradin for orders. Muradin nods dejectedly. Arthas glances over his shoulder. His opponent is reaching out to pull him up. Interior, Cathedral Library, night, past. The bookshelves are stocked to the very brim. On a wooden chair amid the library, bent over a desk, is young Arthas, now nineteen years of age. He's holding a candle in his left hand. Righteousness. He's murmuring, reading from a large librum. He turns a page. 
The page he now focuses on is littered with runes and words. He runs his right hand across the page, and it begins to glow. The glow flows from the page and unto his hand as Exterior, Barracks, Courtyard, Day, Past. Arthas, now twenty-four years of age, closes the Librum. He's wearing a uniform much like Uther's, but with the absence of gold. The Librum falls to his hip, chained to his belt. Remember. Arthas directs his glowing hand at a soldier, thirty, wearing a plated uniform. Uther is watching closely. Our line has always ruled with wisdom. A circle, shaped by the very same ruins we saw in the Librum, are made manifest in pure light above the soldier. A blessing descends upon the soldier. He shines with renewed energy. Uther nods approvingly. The soldier salutes and heads off. And strength. We follow the soldier repositioning in his unit. Soldiers are lined up, ready to march. This is not the only unit lined up in the courtyard, nor the only paladin conjuring blessings. As we zoom out, another unit appears, and another. They're preparing to march. A griffin rider flies close by. The griffin's massive wings flutter as... Cut to. Exterior, mountain ridge, battlefield, nightfall. Past. It descends upon a large valley in the mountains. A battle is ongoing. The soldiers of Lordarion are marching on a large group of orcs. Three more riders join the descent. They are headed directly for the enemy backline. A crude, primitive catapult launches a cluster of boulders in the air. A boulder impacts one of the three griffin riders. The two remaining let out a roar and descend upon the catapult. They hurl metal hammers, crackling with energy, at the catapult and surrounding orcs. The lightning and thunder erupt, sending orcs flying away from the catapult, now ablaze. And I know that you will show restraint. Further behind, at the orcish front line, Uther, Arthas, and their unit are fending off a battalion of brutish orcs. Swords clashing with crude wooden weapons, axes deflected upon shields bearing the mark of Lordarion. Uther, Arthas, and other paladins are swinging their war hammers with ease. A cluster of boulders comes crashing down upon them. Several orcs are struck, their skulls splattered across the battlefield. A flash, a barrier of light manifests. A hollow metallic sound as a boulder is deflected. Arthas is covering his eyes with his left hand. He glances over his shoulder. Uther has his hand pointed directly at him. It is glowing. When exercising your great power. Arthas clenches his grip around his war hammer. He swings his hammer, sending forth a violent wave of light at his foes. Exterior, orc encampment, dawn, past. The battle is over. Uther, Arthas, and their unit are investigating the orc's encampment. But the truest victory, my son. A general, fifty, raises his sword to the sky in victory. The crowd cheers. Arthas is over by a pit surrounded by wooden spikes. Uther approaches. In a pool of blood, a group of villagers, slaughtered, butchered, 
men, women, and children, is stirring the hearts of your people. Uther puts a hand on Arthas's shoulder in comfort. Arthas glances over his shoulder. The sun is rising slowly. He clenches his fist, his face troubled by guilt. Exterior, Stronbrad Village, morning. Uther, Arthas, and their unit are approaching the village. They are tired, exhausted, wounded, but victorious. I tell you this. As they enter the village, a raven caws on a rooftop before it lifts off. We follow the raven. It is no ordinary raven. Its feathers are marked with runes. Its eye glows, and the glow grows stronger. We're sucked into the eye. Cut to exterior, capital city, day, future. The cheering from the crowd is almost deafening. Celebration! Victory! Rose petals are raining from above. Villagers, citizens, noblemen, and women are gathered in the streets, peeking from their windows or sitting atop rooftops. For when my days have come to an end, a hooded male, ominous figure is marching down the street, flanked by two equally ominous figures, his heavy boot crushing every rose petal it steps on. They're headed directly for the keep, celebrated every step of the way. Exterior, Northrend, day, future. We find ourselves once more amidst the frozen wasteland, slowly approaching the spire. You. Exterior, atop the spire, continued. On a massive throne, carved from pure ice, sits a dark entity, covered in dark obsidian armor. It seems as if the entity is one with the throne. By his right hand, leaning against the throne, is Runeglade. It begins to hiss and radiate a blue chill. It whispers, beckons. The entity is wearing a horrifying helmet. There's no sign of life until... Shall be king. A spark, like fire ignited, the entity awakens. Dark blue tendrils flow from the eye sockets. Everything fades to black, except for the helmet. Letters appear underneath the helmet. Invincible. Cut to black.